Okay, welcome everybody to our first episode of Tea Cups with Jazz. I'm nervous and excited at the same time. Alright, so this, me and my sister are going to sit here and we're going to talk about um, retail therapy. But first we're going to um, do what we do on Tea Cups with Jazz, which is share the tea that we're drinking. Also, um, display our teacups because my sister and I both like to drink a lot of tea. We drink coffee as well, but um, we're really heavily into like buying teacups that say things or speak to us. And um, when we come over, we're always like, which teacup do you want to use today? And which one makes you feel a certain kind of way? So today, because we're talking about retail therapy, I have Keep Calm and Buy Shoes, and I'm drinking a mint Moroccan tea. You can find that at Trader Joe's. Okay, so I'm drinking a matcha green tea latte, and mine says keep calm and carry on shopping. I'm good at that. All right, so because we decided that we are always good at shopping, it's something that we do almost on a weekly basis. When we're together, when we're alone, when we're talking on the phone to each other, we're like always shopping. It's one of our things. Um, our little sister shops a lot too, but she is an online shopper pretty much strictly. We shop all the time at stores, but she loves online shopping. Um, so we were going to talk about retail therapy and how it's been accepted in African-American culture for a very long time, but regular therapy isn't. Um, so we want to talk about some of the ups and downs of retail therapy versus uh what is it? Social therapy? What, is it, what would you call it? Psychological therapy? Traditional therapy? Traditional therapy. There you go. So um, I was saying there are some downsides to retail therapy. We know, we all know that anytime we're in a bad mood, um, we'll call your friend up, you call your sister up and you say, girl, I need to go shopping. I need some retail therapy. And you have your favorite stores you like to go to. You go to those stores and sometimes just looking at items makes you feel great. You feel, you feel so good, you find that shirt that you love or a pair of pants, especially if you can try it on right now, you can't try it on anything and that is so depressing. So yeah. that kind of hinders the retail therapy aspect of it. Yeah, it actually allows you to save a little bit of money right now because you can't try everything on. So it's like, mm, do I really want this? I don't want to have to go through the trouble of bringing it back to the store. So you kind of weigh your options a little bit more um, yeah. now that you can't get into a dressing room. But yeah. Right. So, which is which is an interesting idea too, because right now everybody's suffering and dealing with COVID or whatever, and so you need retail therapy, but then your retail therapy is hindered by the fact that everything has changed. Oh, this amount of people can go in the store. And then also, you need retail therapy. Well, you don't need retail therapy. Um, we feel like we enjoy retail therapy, uh, but, you have nowhere to go. So you're basically spending money for the thrill of it at this time, buying clothes, buying shoes, and then you're going back home. Because even though quarantine for a lot of states is mostly over, a lot of people are still doing self-isolation. So you're essentially buying items that you may not wear anytime soon because you still don't have anywhere to go. That's funny, because we do talk about that every time, we, <laughs> every time we go in the store. Every time we go in the store, it's like, I'm gonna get this. Where am I going to wear it to? Because yeah. we, don't, we don't go anywhere. But right. our closets look good. 
Yeah. Our closets look fantastic. I was just upstairs in her closet, and it looks good in there. Okay. So, one of the downsides I was thinking to retail therapy versus traditional therapy is um, decrease in wealth. Um, Especially with African-American people, we're talking about generational wealth all the time and how we have not built up that financial foundation um, like other people or other communities. So, and then when we're spending, we're not spending African-American all the time um, because it's not as easy as people think. They say, buy, buy black, but mm-hmm. how easy is it really to buy black? So when, you, when you're saying that you're talking about niche items sometimes because right. you can't really just generally buy, buy black. You mm-hmm. go to the store, I don't, spoons, so regular. Yeah. Can I get that? black i don't know it's i mean it's not really popular to know where everywhere that i guess that you can buy black from like spoons or something just simple a car seat you know things like that but what i was saying is about about us decreasing our wealth is because okay so like i said we go generally every week sometimes and go shopping um and we don't always spend a lot of money but can we invest that money into regular traditional therapy as opposed to retail therapy? Because when we go, we get that high, but then that high sometimes is short-lived. Yeah. And it doesn't fix the problems. It might help you forget them for a little while, but it may not forget the, may, may not heal the problem that you're actually dealing with. Mm. So, I mean, what do you think about that? So, I'm definitely a big fan of retail therapy, but for me, it's not even so much as the spending part because I'm some spotty who can be satisfied by just looking. Now, I do buy a lot. Um, I can't even lie and say I don't, but it's really just a um, a sense experience for me a lot of the times. And I'm working on different ways um, to have that sense experience, and I recently read somewhere where it said... um, taking a bath or taking a shower is a really great sense experience because you have the smell of the shower gel, you have the sound of the water, you kind of have the um, cocoon aspect of being enclosed. So that's something to explore. But um, aside from that, like shopping gives me that sense of touch. So I love to see beautiful items. I love to see beautiful things. And um, not even necessarily that I want to take it home with me, but I'm satisfied by walking into a store walking through an aisle seeing i love glass so seeing like beautiful glass pieces looking at mugs picking things up looking at it touching it so it's that sense for me and then also a big part of my shopping before was socializing because i moved away from my family for um a lot of um a long time a couple years i guess And it was going out and being amongst people because I didn't have my family around. So it was like if I wasn't at work with my coworkers, there was nobody else for me to socialize with. So you get this social aspect being in a store because in a store, women are so nice to each other. Everybody's happy and everybody's spending money, everybody's shopping. So you're talking to people in the store that normally you don't talk to. You're complimenting people. You're saying like, oh, yes, girl, get the shoes. They look so nice. And, you know, everybody's nice and we're all doing the same thing. So we're kind of feeding each other that good energy. So for me, it was socializing and then also that sense of touch that was met when I went shopping. And then um, I think the thrill of actually finding items and spending the money 
that part isn't as thrilling as the rest of it. Because sometimes when you get to the cash register, just depending on really how much money you want to spend or how much money you have to spend, sometimes you get to the cash register and when you're there, you're like, I don't want this stuff, but I'm already here. Yeah. My cart's already full. I've already stood in line. And now I'm here having this transaction with this lady. I don't want to be like, put all this stuff back. So you just pay for it and take it home. And me, my favorite is throw it in the closet. <laughs> so, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, I like to pull each bag, closet. each item out the bag and kind of look at it. Yeah. And again, like, so in the store, you get that high of shopping and finding a good deal, finding a good bargain. But then when you get home and you pull each item out and look at it again, Especially if it's something you're really happy with, if you feel like you made a really good choice, yeah. Um, or got looking at it, point. you you get that high too. You get that 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 that. I don't know. What I can't. I'm trying to think of the word that you know. But how often do you get the high versus this was a waste of money? Because then that's when I guess it when it becomes a problem because then it's hindering you if you feel bad about it afterwards like tag i just spent all this money right that i shouldn't have spent so how often would you say is it 80 percent of the time you get the high and you keep the high even when you get home and look at it again or would you say more times than not you're like why did i spend the money um i guess i would say that i have the high 80 percent of the time okay and the satisfaction 80 percent of the times i feel like and then like what you were talking about um, socially, as with shopping, mm-hmm. um, you're right. We do engage people that we normally don't engage. Right. You do be try- you even try to be the cheerleader. To yeah, the person you yeah, see in the definitely. store. Um, you see a lady deliberating, especially if she's by herself. Yeah, you're always gonna want to like engage with her because you know how. Like I hate shopping alone. I literally hate shopping alone. I prefer to go with my sister. Um, so if I have to go shopping. And I'm there. I do want someone to engage with me, though. And so that social aspect of shopping does help. It makes you feel good. And um, like we were talking before about, like, women doing things for other women as opposed to doing it for men. When you go out and you kind of do want someone to engage with you and and, um, justify your purchase Mm -hmm. or... um, like cheerlead like cheerlead you on or whatever i can't think of the right word i want to say but like someone who's going yes girl get it helping you push you because sometimes that's what we do we go to the store and we'll like pick up a bunch of items and then at the end it's like okay help me decide whether i really want this or yeah i just liked it for a second is it worth my money am i going to regret it when i get home am i gonna feel it um and then you know will you necessarily experience a low from going home and saying hey i spent too much money i don't feel like this made me feel good for long enough because now I wasted money on it or right. I wasted not necessarily time because I don't ever feel like you feel like you wasted your time going out shopping just more sometimes, like you do. sometimes you do yeah because there's other things that I could have been doing but instead I was shopping <laughs> probably true so right, I didn't waste right. time because we have talked about like we should be going hiking yeah we should be going for a walk we should be yeah. like I don't know, doing other types, working our businesses, things yeah. like that. I think that um, over the years and just growing up and self-reflection and I've my shopping patterns and habits have changed where I don't feel like it's dangerous anymore. I think that um, we're at a good place as far as our retail therapy because for us, it's not the end-all be-all. For somebody who ha- is experiencing real issues, retail therapy is absolutely not the answer. 
No. It's not at all. So if you have real issues and real things you need to tackle and confront, it's not the answer at all. But just for a quick pick-me-up, I don't see a problem with it. Okay, so here's a question. Have you ever experienced traditional therapy? Um, I had a sh- uh, short traditional therapy but it wasn't even in person it was using a phone service um therapist or counselor uh after i had a baby i had postpartum so i used a therapist for that but i mean i I didn't do like the whole in-office experience sit on a couch did you feel like it helped you um no not really but i think the reason why it didn't help me was because i needed more and I wasn't as open as I am now. That was also a part of growth, you know, for me. So I wasn't as open to just sharing why I felt the way I was. So a therapist can kind of only take you as far as you allow them if you don't tell the truth or you don't tell the whole story or if you're pretty closed off. Therapy is something that you have to, I think, go into open-minded and you have to go into it with the mindset that you want to be helped and you can share and I didn't know how to share back then okay so I've experienced traditional therapy in office and I would say that I don't know I guess it helped I guess it helped but um I don't know (laughs) (laughs) like I feel like it helped but I don't know that I feel like the gratification is the same as retail therapy um because after I walk out the office with my therapist, I never felt like, yes, making headway. It was more like I go in the office. You never had a breakthrough. No, I never <laughs> had a breakthrough. I go in the office. I tell her my problems. I cry on her couch. Honestly, my therapist told me her problems. Like, it, it, it was like, wait a minute. Hold on. My, this is my hour. I just... <laughs> I don't want to share it with you. I need you to not not tell me nothing about your kids. Yeah. (laughs) You know, but um, so I don't know that it helps so much. And I think like the thing, you know, because part of this conversation was us talking about African-Americans embracing traditional therapy like we embrace retail therapy. And I would say that part of the reason why I feel like we don't always embrace traditional therapy is that yes my therapist she was white do i feel like she could really identify with my issues no um but did i feel free in talking to her because did i feel free in talking to her because she didn't know me she didn't know me she didn't know my life she didn't so when i talked to her and she didn't know anybody i knew you know i felt like i could go ahead and let it all out without a problem. So, I think that's it. I think we I think we don't like to share our problems with other people that we don't know. We're more closed off that way. We don't like to tell people when something's wrong with us. And and African American women especially were known for being strong. So, we don't like to be put in positions of weakness. And whenever we are dealing with someone and we have to tell them our problems, we're used to handling problems and dealing with problems of other people. We're used to being that shoulder. We're used to, you know, filling those voids for other people, but we don't normally have people to fill them for, for us. So I think that that is a, a, a real problem, like a real issue that we've had in the past with 
um, traditional therapy, although in the African American community, is now becoming way more popular. Yeah, things have changed a lot. Um, I guess you call it, or I've heard it been called the grin and bear it. So like the grin and bear it culture is what people older than us um, have gone through, especially like the 50s, 60 year olds, you know, 70 year olds, they came from a different time. So it was really like grin and bear it. When they go to the hospital, um, African-American women are more, more likely to minimize their pain um, at, at the hospital and not get the appropriate care. Um, I've learned though, to really speak up and now I don't have an issue. Like I I can talk to anyone. Um, I'm comfortable saying anything, but it really was um, self-reflection and almost self-therapy because I think for a lot of people, it's not just about not wanting to share. It's not knowing how to share. So not having the money for a therapist, a lot of African-American people, um, I don't know the statistics and we're just talking off the top of our heads. So like, don't hold me to anything that I'm saying. This is just me talking down in a professional setting. But I feel like a lot of people, not even just African-American people, but that's what I am. So that's what I'm gonna speak to. A lot of people don't have health insurance. So if you already don't have money to see a medical doctor, you're for damn sure not gonna put into your budget money to see a therapist. Um, Some people are gonna look at that as frivolous. Some people think that, well, I'll just talk to my cousin or I'll talk to my mom or, you know, a close friend. And then what I had to learn myself was that I can only counsel myself so far because I'm not a professional. So for me, I learned tactics, Um, I, you know, did a lot of activities off of Pinterest and I would like search the websites um, and use the internet and find ways to really self-reflect and try to heal myself. But I still reach roadblocks constantly because I'm not a professional. Uh, And as far as going to therapy, I think money is an issue for that. Like I'm sure you could establish a budget for therapy, but like you were saying, it's more satisfying to have an item because that's how I am. I'm a tangible person. Mm-hmm. So for me, I'd rather have something I can hold in my hand. Versus an hour that's going by. Right. So so for me, that's what it was as far as that. So that's why I was like, well, I'll do the free route. And the free route is Pinterest. The free route is Google, you know, and it's this website and this website. And I'll do what I can because I'm committed to doing the work on my own. So I think that that's how I was able to make some progress and a lot of character changes where I needed to. But I think that having access to a therapist, someone who you can identify with um, and sit down with and it be reasonable cost or free, I think that would be a game changer for a lot of people because a lot of people are stuck. Mm-hmm. And um, I think that if you had someone to kind of bounce ideas off of and someone that wasn't in the same situation as you, because the problem with talking to people who are not professionals a lot of what they say is based off of their experience so their biases right basically so it's like you you're telling me based off of what you've gone through and if you have similar issues right then we're basically just feeding off of each other's negativity sometimes right Right. um so you need a professional to steer you in the right direction but see and one of the things you talked about that was really hitting home was that financially oh yeah um but financially we can't 
We can't always afford therapy. Yeah. And even our retail therapy has changed over the years. Yeah. You know, when you're younger and you start your retail therapy journey, you're at Dollar Tree. And you're like, well, I got 20 items, $20. Yeah. And then you move up to, you know, your, what is it, big lots and um, things like that. Um, what was one of those stores we used to go to when we were kids? $7 store? The $7 store. Yeah. $7 store, five seven nine. Five seven nine. Yeah. So, but as you gain wealth, mm-hmm. you're able to increase the purchase price. Not always that you want to increase the purchase price, right. but you can increase the purchase price. And honestly, that bigger goal sometimes is even bigger, is even more sad, gratifying. Yeah. So when you can purchase the Louis bag, yeah when so it becomes more gratifying but that's the thing like we were talking about like financially that that was an issue or that has been an issue i think in the past for minorities or what people perceive to be minorities is that they cannot afford therapy so mm-hmm. therapy was the last thing on the list we have to eat we have to pay these bills uh you know we have to do we have to make sure our cars run before we you know go into to paying for therapy and it just became a big thing and popular for people now and it's like when when you say to each other if you don't take care of you mm-hmm. and you can't take care of everyone the self-care else. culture but it, yes but the thing about it is still you're concerned about taking care of the next person because yeah. if you can't take care of you who's going to take care of everyone else right so that's a, a big thing and what did pop smoke say about kids he said what do you say spending so he can ease the pain mm-hmm. or something like that so yeah that is it's widely known that people will do that sometimes that you can't or you don't feel like either you can't go financially you can't go because you feel closed off and you don't identify with your therapist um because you don't want them to know you per se on a personal level so that they're adding their opinion yeah. but you want them to know you on a like I'm an African American female that level and definitely you have African American men now how can they identify they need right. you know they want someone who can identify with them as well and sometimes that experience is even more broad that you don't know if anybody can identify with you and your mm-hmm. male experience you know like who's going to talk to him like and know his experience you know to help ease that pain that he was going through like yeah. you know so anyway you think we've kind of exhausted the subject of retail therapy for today um i think yeah we hit the high notes on it it's not a good idea if you are really experiencing real issues right to do retail therapy but as far as like a sensory experience um i think also finding ways to replace retail therapy that's something to um think about like finding other things because for a while um that's all we did was shop but i think that now we have more things like we got into massage and um that that helps a lot like even you know even that like getting massages or going to a chiropractor and other things allotting your money to other areas that are still therapeutic and satisfying gratifying to you um i think that that's a good option or fall into the self-care category yeah so things that fall into the self-care care category is a lot in time for yourself to exercise mm-hmm. getting that monthly or bi-weekly massage if you can afford it 
um, going and getting your nails done and your fingernails done because that makes you feel good. So a lot of times for people, it's when you look good, you feel good. Um, being able to do those things are therapeutic in themselves. Yes, that's what it is. It's those things are therapeutic in themselves. So um, I guess lastly, what we'll say is if you really need help, you know, seek professional help. Your, your family's great, but they can't always help you because some of them are having the same experience as you and they can't always fix the issue. Yeah. Um, that's it for our podcast today. Um, I'm Nurse Jazzy and this has been Teacups with Jazz and this is my sister Kaya. So please join us for our next podcast. Thank See you. you. I don't know. I mean, I recorded it.